Hello and welcome back to Politics Relax Podcast. Um, a very, very busy week indeed. Um, so much to talk about, not that much time. So let's get straight into it. Today we are going to be talking about the, sever- the disgusting murder of Sarah Everard and the protests that followed. We'll also be talking about the new police bill that uh, Pretty Patel has just introduced. And finally, if we get time, we'll talk about the European vaccine uh, rollout and why it stopped. Just turn your camera off. <laughs> Alright, uh, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll power through. Um, I want to start with the disgusting murder of Sarah Everard. I don't think we need to focus on the murder as much, because I think we're all in agreement on this. It was absolutely despicable, and the um, we think it's Wayne Cousins currently. Obviously, he hasn't been like um, convicted yet, but he is uh, in court currently, um, and I believe that he should like be arrested and face the full force of the law. And I'm sure everyone agrees with me. There was an absolutely despicable murder. And that's why we're more going to be talking about the aftermath on social media. For example, the many, many women that have come out with testimonies. The hashtag not all men trend. Trend? Trend? Um, And also uh, the uh, protest, of course, uh, we will focus on. So would anybody like to uh, start on any of those points, really? And then I suppose we'll just get into discussion about it. Uh, Daniel. Uh, well, I was, uh, you know, ba- basically in the last few days, my entire uh, f- uh, Instagram stories has been flooded by, uh, you know, girls uh, blaming me- uh, men for, uh, you know, these these sadistic murders, um, and as and 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 what I think is, uh, you know, the the matter with this is that, uh, you know, both sides have become so polarized over women's safety, and I think that it's neither men's fault or women's fault that this is happening. I think it's rapists and murderers fault and i don't think uh you know the the, the two sides have be, you know become so extreme uh in their uh, in their messaging it's just you know the the only thing that matters is women and girls safety can you expand on that point a bit more because it was very much like oh women are posting things that are saying all oh, men are bad can you give an example for like or like just expand well you know the um the 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 um educate your uh your 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 son and don't protect your daughter or, or something and it's just a bit of a like and uh you know it's it's not all men but it's enough men like it's like a very small percentage of of men who do these crimes well it's 97 percent of women have been sexually harassed according to a un a study first published in the guardian yeah, but that's not 97 percent of men committing those crimes is it no but it obviously shows yes we all know the uh the statistics lying around it's not like yes, it's ninety-seven percent of women who face sexual harassment. It's not ninety-seven percent of men who have done those, you know, things. To me, that shows that there is enough men. I don't know if it is the same for you, but um, on addressing your main point, which was like, oh, it's just polarizing and it's blaming all men. I want to find an example of where they blame all men. For example, you bring up the point of uh, educate your sons. Well, we should be educating every single person on consent and on like how to treat people like with kindness and respect and we already why why should we why 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 are you disagreeing with that like that's all it is saying respond yeah i'm not disagreeing with that i'm saying that we already teach men about consent and we already teach men about these crimes there's always going to be a very 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 small percentage of men who who commit these crimes but it's like you know a very small percentage and it's none, none of our fault here you know, I bet none of us know somebody who has committed one of those crimes. Well, um, 
I'm going to move on in just a second, but 97% is the figure that I'll just repeat again, because it's obviously not working, because 97% of women have been sexually harassed, and misogyny is still obviously a problem, like, if you've been reading some of the testimonies that have been coming out of this, then I'm surely you'll agree this is still a huge problem. Tommy. Um, I've made this point very clear when I've been debating the 97% statistic. Um, it's, of course, filed under sexual harassment, not sexual assault, which verbal does fall under. And I believe, I don't think verbal harassment should fall under that 97% bracket. Obviously, it, it, I think it's been used as a fear or panic ta tactic, I guess you could say. There's a law which states that the victim can choose whether it was harassment, which can drive the figures significantly up. And in 2000, we, we saw that 5% said they have been harassed at some point in their life, which 5% is still not a good figure. But I don't see how 5% can jump to 97% in 20 years, because there's been no impact. There's been less from, from what we've probably been seeing and teaching in our modern day, less of these crimes being committed. So I don't see how it can take such a high jump. I ask where you get those statistics from because I've got one from Rape Crisis here that says it's 20% for women and 4% for men. So I'd ask where you got those statistics. And also, ha where's this law? Sorry, that women. A law. You say a law that women decide what sexual harassment. Wh where's this law? Sorry. Um, is it America or UK law? I believe it's UK. And can like, do you have any more information or is it just like women decide what the law is when they choose like to me that they don't decide the law they decide the status of the crime which i think should be up to a judge or jury not the actual victim they can have a say in it but i think it should be held down to a lawful uh, and an ethical jury that's yes. a very that's a very different point to what you've made because anybody can like we have a, a system of law where like anybody can take people like to court and of course they choose what their crime are filing against unless it's like a police matter Cameron yeah well firstly I want to say I think it's important that we capitalize on the moment that we've seen at the moment because what we're seeing now is we are seeing whether you agree with the statistics that are coming out or, or, or not what we are seeing is women telling clear accounts that they feel uncomfortable with some of the behavior of some men and that they feel as though that is having a negative impact on, on their lives. And clearly, as men, which all of us on this panel are, we are able to make small mentality behavioural changes to both to us and those surrounding us in society that will help to improve the situation. Because the most important thing, in my view, is that we make sure everyone in society can feel safe on the streets. We, um, we need to make sure that, that, that both women and men can do that and it's true to say that we're not going to be able to ever eliminate every single person who wants to commit sexual harassment but through education through making sure we've got the right legislation in place which in my view we do but also making sure that we've got the prosecutors who are going to actually take these uh, you know these legal processes and implement them correctly and make sure the support is there to be provided to, to victims of this kind of behavior. Uh, if we make sure that we've got all of that in place, we can certainly uh, implement bigger behavioral mentality changes around society. And I think that's the way you've got to look at it, not moaning about certain statistics or whatever. I don't think that's helpful or 
constructive. 100%. You make a really, really good point there. And, I mean, that is a good point. And nobody's saying it's all men, right? I'm not saying it's all men. No one on this panel is saying it's all men. Like, and that is, like, a really good point, uh, Rajan. Yeah, so obviously everyone's already said that the point of this is that we need more education. But I think, as well as BLM, we have to also appreciate that a lot of us are already being educated because there's such a a global movement right now. I think we can definitely say that a lot of people have been educated by this. A lot of, a lot of course, a lot of reach and engagement with all the posts, and we just got to hope that people are reading them and in actually engaging with them. I have, and I'm sure a lot of you have. And you know, I think I think so far it's a good thing that this has become public and global. One hundred percent. All right. Um, I do want to move on now to the protests because obviously, um, we saw like the some of them shocking scenes from Clapham Common, uh, where there was a vigil held for Sarah Everard, and the police are being criticised heavily for their um heavy-handed response. So Tommy. Um, I'm in complete support of the vigil, and I'm not in support of the way that was carried out. I think it is important to show solidarity to the family and to the victim at this time. It's obviously going to be very hard for them. But I think, well, by the letter of the law as well, it was an illegal gathering, I guess you could say. Um, they were denied access by the Supreme Court, um, and they went anyway. Uh, I don't think that was right. Uh, obviously, there were a few cases of people not wearing masks and lack of social distancing, which I guess could be expected from this large event, the warning signs were there. And there's been a mass criticism of the way that the police handled it. Um, obviously, there's so much that they could have done better. Uh, they were arresting a few innocent people, but obviously some people did become a bit, I guess you could say, rowdy. Um, the police probably haven't really been trained in the way to deal with these protests as if they've become more widespread recently, especially over the last few years. So I think it's more of how can we help the police to achieve safer and better protests for everyone rather than free for all. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Cameron. Yeah. Respond. Yeah. I mean, the thing to say is that from what I can see, it appears as though there have been failings from the Met at nearly every step of the way. And when we're looking at the build up to the vigil that we saw, the, uh, you know, the, people who were setting up the vigil, uh, the people who the organisers of the vigil did try and engage with the Met about this. And I can see why they're now frustrated that the Met re refused to engage to try and find a safe and secure way of uh, allowing people to pay their respects. Uh, and now, you know, we, we've been in a situation where we've seen absolutely horrific scenes. And the first thing, first point I want to make is that it appears as though Crest the Dick is unable to provide a justification for the actions of her officers. And if she is, if she is, then I think it would be right for her to resign. Uh, and this isn't something that I normally jump to at all, but the scenes that we saw were pretty horrific. Yes, it was, uh, it could be described as an illegal gathering, but there were ways to have made that legal. There were ways to have made, there were ways to have made it work. And the police clearly refused to uh, open up those possibilities. Now, I'm not going to deny for any seconds that there weren't um, sections or portions of that protest, uh, of that vigil, sorry, that appeared to be protests. Um, 
Uh, and that is understandable because it appears as though the Met have handled this badly. It is a story revolving around the behaviour of a, a Met officer in the first place. And it clearly looks very bad. This is the last thing I want to say. Um, the, the Met uh, have put their officers uh, into this line of action on an issue that revolves around the behaviour of one of their officers in the first place. I think that's probably where m- most people are concerned about their actions. 100 percent um you make another great point um and like it did leave a a bit of a a poor taste in my mouth uh seeing like the action the police officers uh, the other day and they worked um according to the mp for lambeth and they worked with lambeth council and they worked with the mp oh sorry uh the mp uh closest uh to clapham common and the police um and they were willing to adjust this it was going to be socially distanced it was going to be masked but instead, the police called it off and said it was an illegal gathering. That wouldn't, that's obviously not going to stop people turning up because people are very angry and very, like, sad about this issue. So if people are not going to stop turning up, it's just going to mean that, like, we see, like, it ensue into chaos, which it eventually did, but that was due to the actions of police officers. Daniel. Um, if, it was, um, if this was a protest, if it was a peaceful protest, individual, I would support it. This was a peaceful protest. But, but this was an illegal gathering that really, in my opinion, wasn't going to, you know, do much. You can't protest against rapists. You know, you're not you're not going to go up to someone and say, stop raping her. You know, there's there's no reason to uh to to pay your respects to her. She did nothing to, you know, she she I mean it's it's like you know, protesting somebody's random death. I I, I don't sorry, I don't get much point of why they couldn't have had. This vigil at home, or 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 or, or socially distant. Uh, sorry, not or, or or in groups of two. I don't get why they had to go outside to risk more but women's lives. People want to pay their respects in different yes, ways, and, and I, when it's and such a tragic, when it's such a tragic, you will and get some, some people. You'll get some people who want to pay their respects from their home, and that is understandable and reasonable. Equally, when it is an event of such tragedy. And clearly the ripples have affected so many millions of people up and down this country is right that some people can take the action to go to a vigil and pay their respects in a large group. I agree with you when you're talking about protests. I think that they should, it was. I think there's more important things to do. Sorry, more important things. No, you've got this completely wrong. You have got this situation completely and utterly wrong. No. And I think you should really have no, a look no, at this no. again. No, re- no, 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 no. No, let me let me speak. You've been interrupting people quite a lot. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. They, they had a you've got this situation wrong. Their respects right? to her, but it should have been it should have been done online or no or, no no, no. you man. said people you said people have more important things to do you have misread the situation and you yes have during a, a, a global you pandemic need to have a look at it again you need to have a look at this again because you obvious oh caleb has joined us uh, or is just about to you obviously need to look at this situation again because a woman has just died at the like kind of grips of a police officer. The police, sh- even if this is an illegal gathering, the police should be proportionate in their response. This was a peaceful gathering, and in some places a protest, but in many, like even a royal came to uh, pay their respects. So, and I don't know if you would be saying the same thing if it was a group of royals, um, not socially distancing, paying their respects. Um, and I think you've got this one very wrong. 
um, your response? Mine? Okay. Well, they have every right to pay their respects to a woman that was killed in such a vicious manner that, um, of course, I think the whole uh, female community, well, you know, uh, I think every female... Female and, community. Um, female. No, this is not just the female community. This should be the male and the female community and anybody in between. Like, like, this, every single everyone woman should be banding together in, on this in, issue. In, in this everyone country, should agree. Uh, Sexual harassment okay, should be eradicated yes, from our yes. society. And you said people have more important things to do. What do people yeah. have more important than uh, paying their respects to a woman who has died? The more important thing they have to do is to stay home and protect lives. While okay. a global pandemic is going on. We've they have every right to pay their respects to her, but it should have been done online or, or in a COVID-safe manner. The, um, the protest was there to work. I'm going to move on in just a second. But the protest was there to work with the police. They were working with Lambeth Council and they were working with the MP. They were ready to um, like kind of cooperate. Sorry about that. Uh, to cooperate uh, with the police and everyone else to make this as COVID secure as possible. This is a very a catalyst for change, this moment. And we need people to be gathering. Maybe they can be socially distanced, they can be masked, and maybe about 30% of them will have already had the vaccine. Um, and they were willing to work with people. I'm gonna move on now, uh, Rajan. Yeah, so quickly, just to pretty much echo and add to what Felix said, there was an opportunity for the protesters to cooperate with the Met and I think what's really important is to hold to account the powers and the authorities to be such um, as Cressida Dick and all the other authorities because we've seen in the past we have seen in the past such for for events of such enormous magnitude such a, this is not not this is not to as a level, but I'm talking about Liverpool winning the Premier Premier League last year. When Liverpool won in the Premier uh, won the Premier League last year, which seems like ages ago, it was a massive event for some people, and it was called as an illegal event. But people showed up anyway, and the police should have seen this, and they should have known, and they should have they would have known a hundred percent that people have shown shown up, and if they know that people will show up anyways. You can't call it off. You have to cooperate and yeah. you have to ensure. And that's what uh, that's how you create COVID safety, uh, which Daniel was saying. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, 100 um, percent. We've also been joined by Justin. Uh, he is new to the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, welcome him. Would anybody like to uh, kind of wrap up on this issue before we move on? Um, I think what Daniel was getting at with um, the non-COVID safe and the protest manner of it, it did start as a vigil and that's what it was intended to be. And I back the organisers and their attempts at cooperation. And it was going to turn sour. I think it was just something that you could have foreseen. Um, yeah, I think it was something that, that was going to be foreseen. I mean, with a protest of this type, Antifa, uh, some of their supporters turned up and they started making it violent. Obviously, we saw it turned, it was peaceful. And then I think some more, more active, like more... Ex I'm not sure how to word it, more more pressure-based activists, I guess you could say, turned up. And they, they, they didn't come to pay respects, they disrespected it, and they came to, to, to raise a kick. Daniel. Uh, I think I could have worded my, uh, my uh, views better in that um, 
in that in in, in what I said. Uh, I think everyone's shocked by what happened to Sarah Everard. I think that uh, she has a you know uh, uh, she'll, she'll she'll go down in history as, as someone who's uh, 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 you know uh, killed in the face of of uh, some something that as a as a society we we should try hard to um, uh, eradicate. Um, uh, and I think that uh, they have every uh, the right to uh, respect her death. Uh, and 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 to respect her passing, but I think it you know they they they, they could if if the Met had worked uh, better with them uh, they 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 could have made it COVID safe. What a fantastic, totally contradictory point to the prior point. No 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 no, no, no. It's, it's it's not. They, it's the exact same. They point. don't really uh, coexist, do they? They don't really coexist. It wasn't. No no, it does. My point before was that it should be COVID safe, that they have the right to uh, to protest, to, uh, to to respect her passing. And that's exactly what I meant. And the meetings about to... Um, so yeah, Daniel admitted he's changed his mind, and I'm glad he's changed his mind because he was wrong on this issue. And um, it's all right to admit you're wrong, which he has done. Um, let's move on now to the Police and cr police Crime and Law Bill, I think it's called. It's got a really long name, but everyone just calls it the Anti-Protest uh, Bill because um, its job is to restrict protest effectively. Um, the three main, or four maybe, three or four main issues on this are, it gives more power to the state to stop the protests. Um, this applies to moving protests, not, no, this applies to all protests, not just moving ones, so people walking along a street. Um, another thing, uh, it's about um, disruption effectively. The police can stop the protest if it's being disruptive. Another main point is the uh, statues. They've increased the um, they've increased the time for defacing statues and uh, other things similar to that. And finally, they um, the government have more power over gypsies and Roma people. Uh, but I think we'll more be focusing on the protest aspects um, of the bill um, today. You brought a point about statues. Uh, earlier on about you know a bill because the of, because of the police protecting uh statues personally in my view i i feel that some there's a there's a wide variety of different statues some have created large controversy um for example the the slave the maybe in the united states statues of slave owners but taking this to the uk the um last year in bristol that's that uh, about that statue was torn down illegally. It's a it's a tough topic, but personally, I believe that statues should not just been illegally torn down because there was a, an, a good amount of effort made in creating these statues, and it represents it re represents people in history, even though it has it has its great controversies. So, what my view is, if there's a wide range of lots of positives and negatives in that statue of that person, there should be a plaque acknowledging. The good, the good points and the bad points of what that person did. But personally, I don't believe people should just go illegally tearing down statues. Thank you. Do you support, do you support um, Pretty Patel's measures um, to change the a law from three months to ten years uh, on defacing or destroying statues can now be a maximum sentence of ten years? Do you support that? Not exactly ten years. The about a year would be better. Maybe that, in in my view, that would that's probably a little too extreme taking that measure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Everyone has points. Um, Daniel. 
Well, I was quite shocked when I first saw this uh, new bill. I think it's restricting um, individuals' rights to freedom of speech, freedom of um, uh, uh, um, opinions, and, and, and freedom to express those opinions. Um, and, and I cannot believe that in a country like ours, we, we've, we've done this. Uh, I mean, you, you can get 10 years for damage, uh, damaging a statue when you, when you can get five for raping someone. So I believe that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just a ridiculous uh, uh, bill. Yeah, um, I, even though I agree with your point completely, yeah, so, uh, okay, Daniel, yeah, what Daniel says, um, 10 years for defacing a statue, but five years for rape. I mean, it's a bit questionable. Obviously, it says a maximum of up to 10 years, so it obviously depends on the nature. If they topple, if someone completely toppled uh, or destroyed completely the statue, for example, Winston Churchill, I guess that would probably bring a, a higher sentence but it's minor statues probably wouldn't be as as affected um who else who else has got a point tommy um on the statues points uh i think that all statues are have some meaning obviously hitler statues probably wouldn't be as as suitable in the modern day context but there are systems in relocating statues that people probably do not want into museums, into archives. Um, and there are ways that people can put forward um, requests to have statues removed safely and legally without having them torn down and destroyed or defaced. And I think 10 years is a bit too excessive from Pretty Patel. Obviously, I know you're not her biggest admirer, Felix, but um, yeah, I think what Justin said, maybe a year, but honestly, yeah, it does depend so much on the the context, the nature of the statue and, and the, the type of way it was destroyed. Well, look, the first thing I want to say is that obviously it's been widely kind of criticised that the maximum sentence for these, for tearing down statues is uh, 10 years, yet the minimum sentence for rape is five. But I think you've got to really take in, into account the bounds here. So actually the maximum sentence for rape is life imprisonment and the maximum sentence for uh, tearing down a statue is 10 years and that's obviously a massive difference in the harshness of sentences. I do think that we've got to go further with our current um, sentencing for, 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 for rape crimes but the other thing we've got to do is make it easier for uh, women to report those crimes. But I want to talk I want to talk a bit more about the um, bill actually because there was actually in my view a lot of good things in these in this bill. Firstly uh, increasing the maximum sentence for child murderers. I think everyone can agree that's good. Further protecting women and children from sexual abuse, preventing the early release of dangerous offenders, increasing the maximum sentence for assaulting emergency workers, uh, introducing life sentences for killer drivers. Uh, and of course, in my view, protecting our war memorials is important. We don't want um, really such important statues and his historical um, momentums to be completely ruined by riots as an example uh, and I want to talk about the protests finally as well because obviously this has been another thing that's been so widely reported now I mean it's difficult because I am a believer in free speech and um, of course I think that freedom of protest and the ability to protest is a fundamental part of our democracy but I can really understand where the government are going with this because the first duty of a government is to protect its citizens and communities. And we've seen more often more violent protests um, fa failing to comply with 
regulations and the law and actually forcing the government uh, into action to protect its, its citizens and communities. And what this bill enables is it protects the police and other emergency workers. It gives them uh, better well-being services and it also gives them the tools needed to tackle crimes and disorder. Uh, and I think that's important because what we're seeing now is more disruptive protests that are, firstly, they are stopping people from working, ordinary working people from getting to, uh, their, to their jobs, to make their livelihoods, to sustain their families. And the second thing is that they can actually risk the health and well-being of uh, communities. And so it's right that actually we have increased powers to police because, for example, Cresta Dick, who I've already said in this podcast I'm not a massive fan of, um, she actually said that her police force didn't have anywhere near enough uh, power to deal with the extinct, the violent, some of the violent and disruptive Extinction Rebellion protests that occurred in 2019. Um, and whether you like it or not, she is a professional. She knows what she's talking about. So my view's, on, my view's clear on this, uh, which is that overall, the bill introduces an, a lot of important stuff. I think uh, on the rape issue, it needs to go a little bit further in the future, but that's separate um, legislation altogether, in my view. So um, to continue on what Cameron was saying, uh, what the bill states is that only serious disruption will be intervened in, uh, which does not include peaceful vigils and peaceful protests. A protest that causes serious disruption um it's not it's not for ones that like just distracting people in uh, a nearby office uh it, it examples of something for serious disruption would be blocking bridges and roads stopping pedestrians and traffic uh, and also we saw last year a lot of a lot of trains being blocked people being glued to buses that that's the sort of thing where serious disruption must be intervened into and that's why this bill has been created to give the power for police to intervene in these matters the problem with yeah. pro protesting is all well and good but the problem that the government have identified is that when protests have have a possibility to to affect lives that's where the line is drawn and that's where the bill has been introduced and that's why it has been introduced you've you've very much nicely skirted around the main issue um because like as as of yet um like protests that can disrupt traffic can be stopped by the police there they already have those powers in place if people are gluing on to like structures or are stopping traffic the police already have the powers to deal with this this is the worry like and i agree like murderers child murderers should get longer sentences and everything cameron listed there i agree with and i would love to put that into law and i'm happy that that's in the bill but my worries with the bill lie in the abuse of power that is very easy to come from this just because i personally would not trust pretty Patel with like closing down protests she once said on lbc she doesn't believe in protest so that's my worry this is an this could be an abuse of power because of the vagueness of this bill the bill is very vague on the points for example um loudness um protest becoming too loud that can be defined by any metric by the home secretary home secretary pretty Patel who does not agree with protests has the power to stop a protest because it is too loud and also um the this could also this could mean basically the government can stop protests that they don't agree with and protests are there to be annoying they're there to be loud and they're there to create change and if people are being silenced they are literally being silenced because they cannot make too much noise 
and that is um what that's my problem with my, with the bill um no but can i like, just can i just respond quickly just very quickly to the point you just made because you're saying that this gives the government more power to deal with whatever protests they want to and that's not strictly speaking true what the uh, bill actually allows is it it gives the police the power to do that and, the, and protects the, home the public and by the giving the police the tools needed and to the tackle crime and disorder you're skirting around this issue again no because secretary. it's no it's not because it's police force no no no, 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 no. the home secretary the can define what is too loud that is what it says in the bill the home secretary can define what no, that I'd is. like no i'd like to disagree because what the uh what i from what i understand it's when there is a re uh an intentional or reckless Public nuisance, and the key word is reckless. No, 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 you, that's a different lives. point. That's no, that's not about. But no, but that's the, that's about the I'm noise. About that's the about the noise. The public it's not about it's not about loudness. No, no, no. This is the public. Reck the, when, public nuisance when the public nuisance, public nuisance no. is also part of loudness. No, no, no. Public nuisance is a different area of the bill because that it's now been in, public nuisance has increased to ten years um, sentence um, in protest. So that's a different part of the bill you've aimed at. You're not actually talking about the specific part where it talks about how the Home Secretary can define what is too. Oh. Uh, what was on the loudness part of it then? Uh, the loudness part was if uh, there's a very vague kind of um, thing, which is um, the Home Secretary can define uh, the disruption and the loudness. Does it actually say that in the bill? Uh, yes, it does. It says the Home Secretary can use a, a like, uh, I forgot what it was, but some sort of like device that measures sound and can decide what is too loud. It effectively gives the, the Home Secretary the power to stop an individual protest because she thinks it's too loud. Um, another, um, my other main uh, my mother, other main concern is it prevents protest uh, just because of impact. It's a very vague, another very vague statement and could lead to an abuse of power. We saw this at last week's vigil. The police abused their power, I believe, in that vigil. They were too hands-on, they were too violent towards protesters. So it shows, even if it's just a few, it could lead to an abuse of power from both the Home Secretary and the police officers. I agree with a lot of what's in this bill. I do agree with it. But some of this goes too far and could easily risk and abuse of power, especially coming from a Home Secretary who says that she doesn't believe in protest, who supports the, um, who supports the, um, uh, supports the death penalty, voted against same-sex marriage, and, like, and, and was fired from the International Development Secretary for, um, conducting an off-the-book meeting with an Israeli minister. That is not somebody I would trust to count, to, like, say, oh, you cannot do this protest. Anybody want to respond or should we move on? Here, here. Yeah, thank you everyone for coming. I know if you've had to leave early, but um, I think we discussed a wide range of issues. Um, coming up soon, we have season three. It's coming soon. Um, we don't have an exact date for it yet, but it's very exciting. Some of the things we have planned. And thank you for watching and subscribe.